Buckle up, it's the Insurance Dudes Podcast. Landon, Pepe, welcome to the Insurance Dudes. It's so awesome to have you on. And this is going to be another fun episode here in the Elite Dudes meeting as part of the Teledudes. You're in here. And just for everybody on here, if you don't know, there is a daily call also at this same time. So you're able to jump on and uh, Landon and Josh are on there basically every day. Miguel's going to be on there as well and potentially some others. So, oh, and Brandon, of course. Thank you, Brandon. So are you ready for Speed Breakers, Mr. Pepe? Dude, Let's do it. What about the boom, dude? I mean, did well, we start I mean, yet? I, yeah, I think we started. You know, let's just. We need to it's a gray start. Okay. Yeah. Why not? <laughs> just uh, it comes in pretty hot with the boom and the the levels get all off. So let's see how this goes. Oh, Are you ready? Professionalism at this point. Well, Is that what you're going for? Today? Let's pull it off one time. Here we go. Have you ever had a mullet? I have not. Tastes great or less filling? Tastes great. Most embarrassing thing your mom ever caught you doing. Could not get rid of that one. Pass. All right. Ever jumped out of a plane? No. Best dinosaur? <laughs> mm, T-Rex. Yes. Correct. How many kids? <laughs> have I made cry? <laughs> yes. How many Way kids too, have you made? Cry? More than I could count. Okay. Count Chocula or count Dracula? Dracula. What year did Marty go back in time to? Was it 83 or which time? So well, I think it was in 83. It was where yeah. he was. Oh, it was 85. 85. 85. Correct. Yes. There you go. No, but where did he go back in time to? 1800 somewhere. No, that's the well, he did. number three. In the third. Yeah, in the, in the third. third one. <laughs> okay. Well, the bonus question is what song was playing at the Enchantment Under the Sea when George and Lorraine first kissed? I have no idea. And no now clue. I just forgot. I knew it. But Johnny, be good. Have, no, no, that's what that's he played. That's why they were kissing. He's going to do something that really cooks, but it was Earth Angel. Earth, oh, Angel. Earth Angel. Earth Angel. Yes. What kind of car was Kit? Trans Am. Yeah. Correct. And follow up to that. What country is Hasselhoff really big in? Germany. That's right. Dogs or cats? Dogs. Correct. Tacos or burritos? Depends on what type of taco, but I'd probably go to burrito. Okay. And what does ALF stand for? Alien life form. That's correct. <laughs> what was the final villain in Ghostbusters? Oh, the Marshmallow Man? Yes, Stay Puff Marshmallow Man. And finally, Trump or Biden? Trump. <clears throat> Excuse me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> chooses not to answer. Jason, what was the first concert you ever went to? So growing up in Charleston, South Carolina, I got to say Hootie and the Bowfish. It was 96 Boy Fest and he performed out there. So it was it's Hootie and the I thought there's no Hootie. Yeah. Or it's yeah, well, so it varies truckers off on his own, but it was Hootie then. So <laughs> but, that's right. There you go. That's our yeah. first Hootie and the Blowfish. That that's is it. our first Hootie. Now, here's yeah. the weird thing. What is Hootie and the Blowfish? Because he wasn't Hootie, even though everybody Ho- thought he Hootie, was. Hootie, Hootie. What you said, Mr. Darius Rucker. So Darius Rucker. Yeah. Yeah. I liked his second coming in the uh, country space. That was yes. Nice. He's done a great Interesting. job. Interesting. So landing well, yeah. all the way back from Hootie to now, what got you in this crazy business of the insurance? 
So uh, in 2002, made the decision to start working for PepsiCo. I went to college, decided um, I went for criminal justice and decided um, being a police officer and getting paid $35,000 a year just and back in 2004, 2005 timeframe, which is what they're still being paid now, which is high crime, wasn't worth it. So I decided to go work for PepsiCo and work for them for almost 17 years. And I found out that I was really good at managing an organization. And um, they did a great job training me, learning how to lead people and hit sales goals. And it's goals. It's once you hit it, it's okay, what's next? You got to hit the next one and, and continue on. And I made the company a lot of money and finally got to the point where I was like, wait, these yearly raises aren't equating to what I'm making them the additional money I'm bringing into the company and started deciding to look other way, other places. And my wife and I talked about doing a, a franchise and open a restaurant. And then, then I realized that, well, you're going to have to staff it for breakfast, lunch, dinner, and all these different things. And then seven days a week. And then we looked at a dog kennel and went, whoa, that's 24 hours a day. And insurance kind of fell in my lap. And I'd set myself up for open to recruiters on the platform. I got an email from a carrier and said, hey, are you interested in this? And I went, no, not at all. And I was sitting at church. Before church started, I was praying and asking for a sign to help provide for my family and do the right thing. And all of a sudden, I went, well, maybe an email is a sign. So I started the process with that carrier, got all the way to, the, got all the way to a week before the interview. And I went, you know what? I'm putting all my eggs in one basket. And I started looking around and kind of found the best option for me getting into insurance for the first time. And I knew that I was really good talking to people. I was really good relationship builder. And it was kind of natural for me. So I'd worked my way up, learned the system and kind of where I'm at now. And I'm really in a growth mode. I want to be the best and I want my team to be the best. And we're just trying to do everything we can to, to exceed. When did you when first open? December of 2018, I opened Scratch. So the very first policy I wrote was my own. <laughs> wow. So, yeah, we didn't. How was that? that? We sold. How was that going, not knowing anything about the insurance business pretty much, and then opening Scratch? So the whole process took about eight or nine months between going from one carrier to another carrier and looking into what I wanted to do. But I made good money at Pepsi. I was making six figures and it was, I knew every two weeks I had a check coming, whether or not we hit plan or not. I knew that was going to happen. And I got to the point where it was terrifying. So I started saving as much money as I could to make sure that we were going to be okay. And about a month before I opened, my mentor at the time asked me, said, Hey, have you talked to your wife about this? And I go, Ooh, I really haven't had that conversation with her. So we're eating dinner and I asked her, I said, Hey, Megan, you know, we really haven't talked about this before. I said, but how do you feel about me going into the insurance business and really not having an in knowing what my income is going to be? She goes, ah, you're fine. If you fail, you'll figure something else out. You're young. So <laughs> that was some good strength. She was good with it. My father-in-law, he sat, we were sitting outside the house one day and he said, Landon, do you know the meaning of stress? I said, what do, you, what do you mean, Ken? He goes, you've got a new baby. Uh, my second child was born October 10th. He's got a new house and you're starting a new job. And I said, you know what? I like different things with different stress. And it was just different for me. I was, it was a different level of stress. I didn't have that corporate forbearance always on me. And it felt great. And a year later, we were going to a Jacksonville Jaguars game. And he said, you know what, Landon? I'm convinced you can do anything you want to do. So that was really, really good feeling that kind of I'm at a point where I'm, I feel like I'm in a good spot and, and really starting to get the, the ball rolling in the right direction. Well, there's something that really moves you when you have to do it. 
right? Like at yes. PepsiCo, you could sit back and, and you'd still get the check. And here it's like, okay, well, you have the new baby, you have this, all these things happening, but you have to, like, there's no other option. Absolutely. I mean, I was working 60, 70 hours a week there on call 24 hours a day because that was the type of manager I was. I had some management team that worked for me, but I ran the location and I wanted to be involved in everything. And I kind of took this as, hey, this is going to be a lot better work-life balance. That's kind of been the key keyword for the last you know three or four years. Everybody wants a work-life balance. But then you kind of find out that, well, it's eight o'clock at night, all the kids are in bed. I had a conversation with my wife at dinner. Well, now it's time to do some more work because you got to try to get caught up. There's so many things to do and, mm -hmm. and listening to calls and getting your coaching notes together for the next day. And it is, I mean, you've got to do it. And I'm, I'm not at the point now where I'm ready to, to coast. I've got to keep going. Well, the beauty is that applying that same work, work ethic that you had over with the corporation, now you're here and you're actually putting that, that sweat equity into your own business and you're building something. Right? Yeah, absolutely. That's the best thing about it is having the equity in what I'm creating. So everything I'm putting into this, I know that it's building equity and I will have a great opportunity. And mm -hmm. I feel that my former corporate life really helped me prepare for that. Yeah. It's awesome. I mean, putting that money into building the business is or money and the, the equity is really what it's all about because you get that return. I mean, Jason talks about all the time, you know, people taking money out and then investing in the stock market or whatnot. It's like, why invest in another company when you can put that right back into your own business and then grow? Like you have control over that growth, which I love. I love that part of the equation. And that's one of the biggest things is we do have control over what we do. We might not be able to control the big picture of what the company that we work for and stuff like that, but we still have a level of control. You still have the, the option to come to work or not. You still have the option to staff. You still have the option to coach. And I mean, if you just give up, then it's over. And being at that training that you guys held back in February, I left going... I'm pumped. I'm ready to go. April 1st, I really went full bore. I hired uh, three new LSPs, went full steam ahead on Houston Ricochet, and it's really starting to work and pay off. And my one LSP that I had before, she's like, this is so much better than anything else we've ever used, but it's just continual. I mean, you can't stop. Right. And I had the thought in my head the other day, I'm like, I, I got to back off. Like, this isn't the right path. I got to back off a little bit. And then I go, Craig in my head. I was about to pull the plug and then I did. So I just yeah. unpaused and I'm going. Well, so see, I think that's what's so powerful about this community is that if you could see somebody else doing it with all the things that, that you put together, right? You put all the pieces together. If you can see somebody else, then you know, okay, it can be done. And like your father-in-law or told father you, right? Like you can do anything you say your mind to, right? Anybody can't, there's no one stopping anybody from doing it. And here it is like, here's the boom, 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 do these things. And, and it may not happen tomorrow. It may not happen in a week, but it, it will happen. And that's where I had a lot of comfort in that when setting it up with Jason was the only one to lean on at that time was community of two, but knowing like, okay, if he can do it, I can do it. That's what I kept telling myself. You know, I, I trust him. I know he can do it. I know he does it. Now I see that. Then I just have to figure it out until it it happens. And I'm so stubborn that I just won't give up. Uh, I'll keep doing it until it it works. And it did. And that I think that gives a lot of comfort in, okay, I'm going to hire more people. Like you went back fired up and you're like, well, I'm going to hire people. Before that, you're like, I can't afford it. Right. But you're like, no, I can't. I can't afford to not hire more people because what's the alternative? right? The alternative is die. 
I mean, that's right. <laughs> that's it. You need people. You need to train people. Right. You need to do all of these things. Yeah, I came back pumped up. I sat down with my business coach and hopefully someone has a business coach or something like that uh, on top of this. And we sat down and said, hey, this is what I want to do. And he said, all right, well, let's look at it. Let's see what it's going to do to your financials. Let's see when the return is going to be. And it's possible. If you put the plan in place and the biggest thing is the plan, right? Stick to the plan, do what you need to do. This group has been humongous. If you don't have a solid group of people around you that's helping you, motivating you, whether it's in this group or other professions, I've got uh, another a group of uh, business professionals that we sit down and we talk about our business and how different ideas and just continuing to grow is just how we're trying to help each other. Because if one's growing, we're all growing. Right. Yeah. I love that element too, because so many times you get lost in the weeds, especially in insurance. You get in the weeds, you start getting phone calls and people asking questions and helping people with things, you know, in the office as well as clients and stuff like that. And you just, you're just on this hamster wheel. And it's really nice to talk to other people that are doing the same thing. And it makes you pull yourself out of the weeds, rise above and really think about it all. Because that's where the growth happens, right? Is when you go... Oh, okay. So it's almost like you can visualize what you're doing outside of it and go, okay, that doesn't make sense. Like this makes sense. That doesn't make sense. Let's pull that out because the big picture is I want to get down there. And right now I'm only doing 10% of what's going to get me there. So let's cut out that other stuff so we can get there faster. Yeah. It's, it's a live process. I mean, you're, it's growing every day. I mean, we have these daily calls where we'll just go, all right, someone's having an issue, share your screen. Let's look at it. And we'll just pull it up. We'll go, Hey, if you change this, this, and this, this, you might get better results. Right. I had a call with uh, someone and they told me to make some changes. And two days later I was, well, I was like, man, why is my contact rate down? And I was like, ah, those changes they made. And I went back <laughs> in and I changed it back and it fixed it. Right. Yeah. And it's just kind of funny how doing little things and tweaking things here and there and really can make it, I mean, that make the difference and having a group of people you can lean on. is just, isn't. That's a really valuable point. There is consistent tweaking, right? There is no there. We're never going to be where it's perfect. And it's just smooth sailing. That's not going to happen, but constantly testing other things. So, oh, maybe I'm going to tweak this one thing, but also being mindful of don't tweak too many variables all at once. Cause then you can't investigate and figure out what it was that is impacting. Right. So you don't change all the lead companies, change your dialing cadences, change. You don't do all of that all at once. Otherwise then you have nothing to, to lean on. So I, I love that. And um, yeah, so powerful. Yeah. You can almost use the wisdom. Like you really see the wisdom when that happens, like you can use everybody else's wisdom and you can really take those bits and pieces instead of just like, you never want to just to Craig's point, change everything and just fly by the seat of your pants and constantly change stuff. You want to, okay, let's keep 85% the same, but let's use 15% of our resources for R and D let's say, you know what I mean? Or when you're buying leads, you always need to have that one solid frame of reference at least one, right? At least one frame of reference that you can compare your new vendors to your old vendors or something like that and, and be able to pull those things. But it's really just, but when you have a group of people, you can use the wisdom from each one of those that'll see little bits and pieces of everything that you're doing and be able to almost like leapfrog through a bunch of challenges and not have to go through them by using other people. 
Yeah. And then just having a daily pulse, you've got to have the pulse of the organization, understanding what you're doing and those little changes. Cause if I had made those changes and a week later, I looked at it, I would have never remembered. That's what I did a week later. Mm -hmm. And so looking at it and then going, all right, this is two days in a row, something's up. And then just realizing what you did. And it's right. You can't just change everything and list you upload, making sure you're scrubbing it and doing the right thing. And because you can make a lot of people mad very quickly if you don't have the right information in the system. So how did you find a coach? Like what got you started with having a coach and finding groups of people? Like what started the process of even seeing value in that? And then implement. So I'm in a networking group. It's a business networking international BNI. So we'll give them a quick plug. And I've got a really great group. We started April of 2019 as a core group and we kind of grew and we got a business coach that joined June of last year. And I'm like, I don't need a business coach. And once I sat down with him and he started asking me questions, I'm like, I need a business coach. I'd never thought about these things. It's funny because I had looked at buying, purchasing a unit a couple of doors down and I told him, Hey man, I got my offer, got accepted. I'm buying this unit. And he goes, why are you buying this unit? And I told him, he's like, we need to look at, we need to look at your numbers and make sure this is actually the right thing. He's like, you're investing this much more money for the next six months on additional heads. You're going to get your return when the renewals come in. Let's really look at where you're at. And if you know, make sure you're above water where you need to be. And I was just like, wow, this is why I have a business coach. <laughs> and we meet every other week, kind of uh, do the state of the business. And we talk about wins. We talk about staffing. We talk about processes. And he's been instrumental in helping me put processes together. Now my staff knows if they need to know how to do something, there's a file they go to and they watch a video of me doing it a lot during the video. And so they know exactly how to do it. And it frees up them or frees up me from them asking me the same question or five different people asking me the same question within the week. I just say, go to the training folder. If it's not there, let me know. And I'll create a video showing you how to do it. Money. Um, Love it. Those things are huge. I could, sorry, I'll give him a quick plug but it's mybusinessonpurpose.com. And they have a, a quiz to find out if you're a healthy business owner. Cool. And it's a great little process. You take the quiz and it gives you a score. And I just did it myself just to kind of go through the quiz. And I'm like, I still have some things to work on with him. So, but it's like, do you have a mission statement? Do you have a vision? Where do you want to be in three to five years or whatever that goal might be? And then we do 12 week goals. Every 12 weeks, we set a goal. Where are we going to be? Where do you want your team to be? Are you going to include culture in here? And it's just really important to keep that focus. And he really helps keep things focused. I love that because that 40,000 foot view is, is a lot of times something that we don't go to because we can get trapped down in the weeds, dealing with all of the crap that happens at the agency constantly and not look at that strategic level where you're making decisions that are actually going to impact the business long-term. And I mean, if you're not there, then that's okay. But it's important to be aware of that because I think, I mean, there were points early in my insurance career where that wasn't even something I, that was even on the radar. Have a mission statement, culture. We just got to write business. And that's all you hear from the carriers, right? They'll tell you, you just need to write business and write business, write business. But there's a lot more to it strategically to for the business health, right? You have to have a healthy business. You have to have a culture. You have to have all of these things that are going to help move this thing. Otherwise, it is the hamster wheel. And then you exactly can't go to Cabo. Right. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, it's, it's important. I mean, daily meetings I do every other week. I do a meeting with one of my staff members and I bring back lunch for everyone. And, and it's important to ask them the questions. Hey, what are you seeing? What do you need? What's your opinion on how things are going? And just to get their yeah. input in a system, because I have an open door policy. And I want everyone to tell me if they have something going on, but there's times that my lead will come to me and she says, Hey, so-and-so wanted to say this, but they didn't want to tell you. So I'm telling right. you, and I'll go, hey, this is great. Thanks for the feedback. Let's do this. And a lot of it was when we were switching between 15 different screens and, and now it's so much simpler working the leads and putting them in and putting all your notes in. And then there's the follow-up. You got to make sure they're doing what they said you're going to do. So your reporting is right. Yeah. Well, your number one client is your team right? That if you don't take care of the team and that doesn't mean you sit in there and it doesn't mean that you have to be in front of them all day long, but checking in with them, uh, running the meeting, or at least being at a, at some of the meetings each week, if you grow and then you can have the sales manager, like now I'm come in once or twice a week for the meeting, but my sales manager runs it now. That was my long-term goal was to be able to pull back, have less day-to-day operation and more and more strategic level with the business because then we can make long-term growth goals, right? It's not just, okay, what do we need to do for the week or what do we need to do for this month? That's the sales manager's job now, right? And I think that it's beautiful to see that the organization grow like that. Yeah, that's ultimately the goal is to have that to where you can kind of focus on your own referral partners, really getting out into the market and getting your name out there instead of just grinding behind a desk. And yeah. and that's the biggest thing. As we all know, a, a, a referral closes a heck of a lot easier than a $5 lead. Sure. Right. I want to know what did Landon of now learn throughout that process of opening yourself, not really knowing much day one, writing yourself a policy. And then now you're running teams, buying leads. You have a bunch of processes. So what were some of the big aha moments throughout that that entire time? I think I'm still having those aha moments. I'll tell you the biggest thing for me last year, our sales in April, May, June, July were off the charts last year. Everyone was shopping pre-pandemic. We had the best rates. We were going, I was spending probably $500 a month in leads and get generating 50 to $60,000 off of it. And I was chatting with someone. Someone was like, hey, who do you use for a lead vendor? And I told them my lead vendor and I've written this much off of them this year. And they go, and you only bought this? Why didn't you buy more? And I felt like a damn idiot. I went, why, why didn't I buy more? Right. It was working, you know, at my spend. If I would have known what I know now, I would have spent $5,000 a month and turned it into 500,000 or whatever it would have been. But I'm just like, "Ah." I had, that was an aha moment. I'm like, I did not see that because of what I know now, Mm. now what I see and you know, and those might've taken 30, 60, 90 days to close. But I mean, we were writing a tremendous amount of business. I mean, I went from writing 40 or 50,000 a month going, Hey, this is a great month to 110, 115 going, this is incredible. We've never had to remit every single day. It was great. And then really things started going bad September, August. I mean, I think December last year or November, December, we wrote like 6,000. I mean, it was horrible. We netted 6,000. I was like, this is not going to work. And then I really started diving into this program. And then, you know, I was like, I need training and we haven't been able to do anything for a year 
And then I was fortunate enough to find out about you guys holding that training. I was like, am I allowed to come? Is this okay? Can I do this? And why it's like, yeah, come on, man, let's do it. I'm like, Arizona, <laughs> sure. Why not? He, he said it exactly like that too. <laughs> yeah. I was like, okay, come no on, problem. I, I was like, is George going to be there? Yep. All right. I'm in. So I loved it. It was the first time I felt like I'm the inaugural member. And I'm like, this is incredible. And, and to find out that everyone's having the same things. I mean, Josh came and he wasn't even on the program. And I'm like, man, he's just, he saw the, Josh the, snuck in. the ability. And I'm just like, wow, this is great. And I was so dedicated to it. And I went from having meetings maybe once every two months to a meeting a week to a meeting a day. And we hold those meetings and we talk about the, the prior days. I go, hey, you had 200 phone calls yesterday, but you only quoted two people. What, what happened? What was what were some of those calls like? And I have them go back and review their calls and grade them and say, hey, let's review some of these together and understand what's going on. And yes. it works. You might not convert every single one of them, but there's some of those times, hey, if uh, oh, I don't get paid till Friday, no problem. Just give me your credit card and I'll lock in your price and I'll go ahead and start this for you. I'll go ahead sure. and get this started for you on Friday. It works. It works. Quick mind. So, so yeah, yeah. I want to go back to meetings in a second, but first I want to touch on something that you brought up, which was the troubling times. So December 6,000, like where, and I want to do this because there could be somebody listening right now or watching on the YouTubes where they're struggling. They think it's the end of the world and whatnot. How did you get through that time? And what was your mindset during that time? And how'd you pull yourself out of it? To be continue. Hey, Jason. Yes, Mr. Craig. That was another awesome episode, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Well, if people want to get a little bit more action and, and learn how to do uh, write 100,000 in premium... Yes. Of even the worst internet leads, where could they go? They can go to live.teledudes.com. Ooh, that sounds exciting. Are we going to be there? Yes. It's a weekly call that we're doing right now that will, it's live and it will show you the process. The entire process mm. is super awesome. Mm. I love it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Sign up right now, live.teledudes.com. Live.teledudes.com. That's live.teledudes.com. Hey, Craig, there's a new community that we are starting that I cannot wait to tell everybody about. It is our live texting community where you and I are going to answer people's questions and give them free content, right? Are you kidding me? We get yep. to talk to them? Yeah, which is awesome, but they have to opt in. They have to text us at 520 520- Two one four two two one nine. That's five two zero two one four two two one nine. Nice. I'm Greg. Are you going to respond to these texts? I'm going to respond to them for sure. Live. I'm into it too. It's going to be well, awesome, and it's a it's going to be our new texting community where we're going to get back to everybody that we can and drop some crazy content, free content, and free. Um, the calculator that you just came up with. Mm. That's right. The calling calculator. Sales material. I mean, everything for insurance agents, this is it. It's the best texting community out there for insurance agents. Well, what the heck is that number again? I can't remember it. It's 520-214-2219. That's okay. 520-214-2219. 
I love it. I'm going to text it right now. 520-214-2219. All right. I'll see you later, Mr. Jason. Bye, Mr. Craig. Wait, do they even listen to this on the radio anymore? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Nice. Uh, all right.